Good morning, brothers and sisters. It is great to see everyone here this morning. My name is uh, Anwar Sawaya, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm privileged to bring God's Word to you this morning. As many of you know, I was born and raised here in Lebanon, and I make it no secret my great love and affection for my hometown, Dhurishwer. I love its nature, its weather, its people, its houses, and the great memories of growing up there. So when I had to leave Lebanon and my beloved town during the Civil War in 1982, I was heartbroken and crushed, to say the least. My desire to come back to visit or better yet, maybe one day to live in my hometown never waned. But it wasn't until the year 1992 that I had an opportunity to come back and visit with my bride, Juline, whom I married two years earlier. I remember the excitement that I felt as I looked forward to the trip. I wanted to experience again and show Julene the beauty of Lebanon and more specifically the beauty of my town. And I recall after landing in Beirut and, start, and started making our way up to the town, I could hardly contain my joy my elation, my excitement, and at this anticipation of seeing my village again after a 10-year absence. While my affection to my hometown pales in comparison to the affection of the people of God under the old covenant to the city of Jerusalem. For a Jew, Jerusalem was the center of his or her universe. And their annual pilgrimages to Jerusalem were anticipated with excitement and joy, as we will see when we look at Psalm 122 as part of our summer series on the Palms of Ascents or the Songs of Ascents. So as a reminder from last week, the Psalms of Ascents were a collection of 15 psalms or songs that the people of God would sing during their annual pilgrimages from different regions of the Middle East as they make their way up. Jerusalem was a city on a hill as they were make their way up to Jerusalem to celebrate the three main festivals of the Jewish calendar the Passover, Pentecost, and the Day of Atonement. So, before turning our attention to Psalm 122, let's take a time to pray one more time. Let's pray. Lord, may the meditation of my heart and the words of my lips be acceptable to you, 
and life-giving to us. Help me, Lord, this morning to speak your word boldly and accurately, and we ask that you would give us, Lord, eyes to see and ears to hear the beauty of your word. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So turn with me to Psalm 122. Psalm 122. And, and you can also follow with me on, that, on the screen. A song of ascents of David. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Our feet were standing within your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city, should be solidly united, where the tribes, the Lord's tribes, go up to give thanks to the name of the Lord. This is an ordinance of Israel, for Israel. Their thrones for judgment are placed, thrones of the house of David. Pray for the well-being of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls, security within your fortresses. Because of my brothers and friends, I will say, may peace be in you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will pursue your prosperity. The word of the Lord. Again, as you can see from reading of the psalm, its primary focus is the city of Jerusalem. We know from scriptures that Jerusalem became the center of God's purposes under the Old Covenant. With King David establishing his throne and building his royal palace in Jerusalem, and King Solomon building the temple of God in its midst, Jerusalem became the political and the spiritual capital for the people of God. And all of that was ordained by God, as we are told in 1 King chapter 11, verse 36. So that's 1 King 11, 36. We are told that yet to his son, I will give one tribe, that David, my servant, my, may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I have chosen to put my name. It is the Lord that has ordained Jerusalem to be a place where his name is made known, where the Lord chose to put his name there. Well, that is why Jerusalem is a big deal to the Jewish people. In a sense, the city of Jerusalem became part of the people of God's identity, to the Jewish identity. And it's interesting to know that throughout scriptures, Jerusalem was, was referred to as Mount Zion, the city of God, the city of David, and the city, and a city set on a hill. So whenever you go through scriptures and see those names, those are referred to the city of Jerusalem. However, the earthly Jerusalem 
And the earthly temple were, were a foreshadow, a preview, a picture, if you will, that pointed forward to a greater temple, a greater city, the new Jerusalem, the new city of God, the church of the living God. That God promised would come, and indeed, it has come through the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, it says, As you come to Him, that is Jesus, let's talk about Jesus, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, precious you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Did you hear that, church? The apostle Peter uses an Old Testament language to describe to us the new temple and the new Jerusalem that was established by our Lord Jesus Christ. He tells us that we... We are the living stones that are being built up to, to be the spiritual temple or spiritual house where God is pleased to dwell. Jesus, in, in other words, Jesus and all who belong to him are now the new temple and the new Jerusalem. We no longer need to go to the earthly temple in Jerusalem because we are now the temple of God where God dwells by His Spirit. So, brothers and sisters, the main theme then of Psalm 122 is this. The main theme of Psalm 122 is this. The people of God have great affection for the city of God. The people of God, we will see it in that, the people of God have great affection for the city of God. This psalm is not just meant for the pilgrims to sing it and express their affection for Jerusalem on their journey there, but it's also meant for us to express our affection for the new Jerusalem, for the new city of God for the church of the living God. And this psalm helps us to express those affections in three ways. By rejoicing over the city of God, by giving thanks for the city of God, and by praying for the city of God. Let me repeat those. By rejoicing, we express our affection by rejoicing over the city of God, by giving thanks for the city of God and praying for the city of God. So let's look at the first way that we can express our affection, which is rejoicing, to rejoice over the city of God. And we see those, we see that in verses 1 and 2. Let me read those again. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. 
Our feet were standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. In those two verses, we can feel the joy, the excitement, the jubilation, the anticipation that the psalmist, who's King David, King David wrote this psalm, and later the pilgrims would have experienced as they entered Jerusalem and to make their way to the house of the Lord. So why so much joy in being in Jerusalem? Why so much joy in being in Jerusalem? Well, it's a joy of being in God's presence. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Do you hear that? Do you hear the joy? Do you hear the joy of the psalmist as, as he calls upon all the people of God and they call upon him, let us go together to enter into the, into the house of the Lord and to experience his presence in a powerful way. The house of the Lord, brothers and sisters, refers to, the, to God's temple that, that we mentioned before that King Solomon had built. It is where God the maker of heaven and earth, dwelt among his people. This is where God met his people in worship. It is where the people of God experienced the Lord in a unique and a powerful way. Is it any surprise to us that the people of God were excited to go into, the, into Jerusalem, into the house of the Lord. So my question is this. Do we need to go to Jerusalem to experience God in worship? Do, you need to, do we need to go south <laughs> from here to go into the city of Jerusalem to experience God? In such a powerful way? Not at all. In Hebrews 12, 22 through 24, we are told that we no longer need to go to the earthly city of Jerusalem to experience God's presence there, but we can enter into His presence when we gather together as a new city of God, as the church here, wherever we are. And not only that, we can experience that presence corporately every week and not only three times a year in such a way. So let's read what Hebrews 12, 22 and 24 actually says. But you, he's talking about us, believers in Jesus Christ, have come to Mount Zion. What's Mount Zion? We just said... Jerusalem, it's another name for Jerusalem, and to the city of the living God, again, to city of the living God, to Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn, the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all. 
and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Brothers and sisters, the disposition of our heart, our great desire, ought to be that of anticipation, excitement, and rejoicing as we assemble on the Lord's day, like today, to worship our great God. My love for my hometown and my affection towards her is nothing to compare to the affection and the love that I have for the new Jerusalem, for the church of God, and the, this particular congregation. I look forward every week, every Sunday to come here to join you, brothers and sisters, so that we can worship our great God together. It's such a privilege that we can enter into the presence of God, and it's such a privilege to do it together. It is truly the highlight of my week. So we expressed our affection for the city of God by rejoicing over it. And the second way to express our affection for the city of God is to be thankful for it. Is to be thankful for it. We see that in verses 3 and 5, and let me read those again. Jerusalem built as a city, should be solidly united. Where the tribes, the Lord's tribes, go up to give thanks to the name of the Lord. This is, this is an ordinance for Israel. Their thrones for judgment are placed. Thrones of the house of David. From these verses, we discern three areas that we can thankful Four, three areas that we can thankful for. The first area to be thankful for is the unity of the city of God. The unity of the city of God. Verse 3 tells us Jerusalem, built as a city, should be solidly united. Well, the pilgrims would have marveled as they enter the actual city, the physical city of Jerusalem, on how beautiful that city was, and how compact its houses were. The houses were built in a way that strengthened and supported one another. A marvelous picture of unity. A marvelous picture of unity. Well, in the same way, we ought to marvel and to give thanks to the Lord at the unity that we experience in the new city of God, in the church. We are, told, we are told in scriptures that we, all of us who trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior, are one, are united in Christ. And that the wall of hostility has been broken between Jews and Gentiles, males and females, slaves and free, rich and poor. All these things have been broken down in Christ Jesus. And so, as I look around this morning, I praise God, I marvel 
of how united we all are because of Jesus, even though we come from different ethnic, cultural, social, and economic backgrounds. And we as a church are a testimony of, the fa- of that fact. You know that the world would love to see such unity, but they can't. You know why they can't? Because they don't have Jesus. You and I are united together as different as we might be is because we have Jesus. He is the one who unites us. He is the one by his power, by his grace that brings us close together and gives us unity. So the first area to be thankful for is is in the unity of the city of God. And the second area to be thankful for is the worship of the city of God, is the worship of the city of God. In verse 5, we are told where the tribes, the Lord's tribes, go up to give thanks to the name of the Lord. This is an ordinance for Israel. God has ordained Israel to be the center of worship and praise for all the tribes of Israel in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant. And that was something that the pilgrims gave thanks and praised God for. And in the same way, we ought to give thanks to the Lord that He ordained the church and more specifically God's local congregations throughout the world, the world to be the center of corporate worship under the new covenant of God. Brothers and sisters, let me submit to you that your mission organization, your ministry gatherings, your family gathering for worship, your Christian student organization meetings, your Bible studies, and your home groups, as good as these things might be, are no substitute substitute for our gathering for worship on Sunday morning. They are no substitute. Those are good things to do. Those are good things to participate in. But this, this here, our meeting, this is our gathering on the Lord's day as we gather together as a congregation. There is no substitute for that. You know, I feel sad when members of our church miss regularly our weekly worship. I feel sad. I truly feel sad. I feel sad for them because they are missing out on on an opportunity to experience God in a profound way as we worship together. And I feel sad because they are violating God's ordinance for gathering together, and therefore they are in danger of slipping away, of drifting away from from God and from His church. But I also feel sad that we don't, because we don't get, for us, for all of us, because we don't get to worship the Lord alongside with them. So my question to you, dear saints, are you thankful 
for being here this morning among other believers worshiping the Lord together. I am overjoyed. I love it. It is a highlight for my week. I experience the grace of God as, I, as we come together in this gathering in a way that is so unique and that is so powerful. Brothers and sisters, I beg you, do not forsake the assembly of the believers together. So the first area to be thankful for is the unity of the city of God. The second area is the worship in the city of God. And the third area that we ought to be thankful for uh, is the kingship in the city of God. The kingship in the city of God. Jerusalem was ordained by God not only to be the worship capital for his people, but also to be the political capital of his people. We read that in verse 5. There, thrones for judgment are placed, thrones of the house of David. God promised that King David and his descendants after him were to rule in justice and righteousness on God's behalf over the people of God from the city of Jerusalem. So the people of God were thankful for the kingship of Jerusalem. But this verse points forward. Again, we see that forward-looking, uh, forward-seeing. It points forward to another king from the line of David who is far superior to any king that came before him. And that is King Jesus. King Jesus. His throne is not in Jerusalem, but his throne is in heaven at the right hand of God the Father, where He rules all nations. He rules all things in righteousness and justice. His kingdom and His reign is an everlasting kingdom that extends over every tribe, every tribe, tongue, and nation. And this great king is a humble king who being God emptied himself and took upon himself a human form, lived a perfect life here on earth, was crucified to pay the penalty for our sins, and was buried and rose again from the dead, so that all who trust in him might have eternal life in him. This invitation to trust in the name of the Lord is open to you if you don't know him as Lord and Savior this morning. You have an open invitation. The Lord open, open invitation it can be taken advantage of at any time. But let me encourage you, friend, if you don't know Jesus, to consider Him. Not to delay, but to consider Jesus, to trust Him, to make Him your Lord and Savior. And finally, this king is the founder, the builder, and sustainer of the new Jerusalem in which we all 
belong to, and that is the church. Brothers and sisters, this king is worthy of our, adora- of our adoration, of our thanksgiving, and of our praise. We express our affection for the city of God by rejoicing over it and by being thankful for it. And the third way to express our affection for the city of God is to pray for it, is to pray for it. We see that in verses 6 through 9. Let me read those again. Pray for the well-being of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls, security within your fortresses. Because of my brothers and friends, I will say, may peace be in you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will pursue your prosperity. God called his old covenant people to pray for the city of Jerusalem and specifically to pray for peace and unity for security, and for prosperity within her walls. And I'm persuaded, brothers and sisters, that God calls us to pray for the same for the church, to pray the same for the church. You know that the greatest threat for the unity of the church is not the external forces of evil, but the internal ones. The enemy would like nothing more than to sow division, rip us apart, and distract us from what is important, and that is to extend his kingdom here on earth. We need to pray to guard our lips from gossip. A pastor friend of mine once said, and I will not I will never forget this. Loose lips sink ships and churches too. Loose lips sink ships and churches too. We need to guard our tongue. We ought to pray that when conflict arises, we are doing our best to resolve it in a godly way and not allow the seed of bitterness to fill our heart. Another thing that we, need, we can be praying for, we need to pray for, is that we all to be filled with the inner peace of God. For the peace of God to be within us, in our hearts. We need to pray for that peace that transcends all understanding regardless of the circumstances of life. The peace of God, we, we, our, my prayer this morning that we all of us, I mean, we, we struggle with that, don't we? But our, my prayer is, is for all of us to experience God's peace and comfort even in times of trials and tribulations. And a great way to help us to pray, this is the practical part here, to pray for one another is to use this membership directory. We issue those fairly frequently, and the main purpose that we do that is so that we 
can pray for one another on a regular basis. If you take time to just pray for half a page a day, you would pray for every member of this church every week. Wouldn't that be marvelous? And not only that, I would encourage you that as you pray for those members, you, you might not know them. You might just see their picture here. But you can send them a message and say, hey, brother, I pray, uh, brother or sister, I'm praying for you. I prayed for you, but is there anything else specific that I can pray for? What a marvelous way to pray for one another. And another way that we can pray together is through corporate worship. You heard uh, our brother Serge this morning announcing that by God's grace, we're going to have a corporate worship next Sunday at 6 p.m. And I'd like to implore you to, I'd like to encourage you, show up if you can. Let's pray for each other. Let's pray for one another. Let's pray for Lebanon. Let's pray for other churches here in this town. Let's pray for the persecuted church. There, there is no shortage of things that we can pray for, and we need, and it would be marvelous to do it together. So I'm going to extend an invitation to you, every one of you. Come join us next week at 9 p.m. for the prayer meeting. Let's pray together. Let's come into God's presence together and lift up our prayers of petitions before the Lord. We express our affection for the city of God by rejoicing over it, by being thankful for it, and by praying for it. So let me conclude, brothers and sisters, with this very important note. Listen, listen to this. Not only Jerusalem in the psalm points to the new Jerusalem, the church, the gathering of his people in this present age, but it also points forward. Even now, even us, we look forward to a better heavenly Jerusalem. Again, a newer Jerusalem in the age to come where it stands for the final heavenly gathering of God's people for the final city of God. And let me... Let me conclude, or, or, or I'd like you to listen, brothers and sisters, how Revelations 21 verses 1 through 5 describes that new Jerusalem. Listen, Revelation 21, 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away, listen to this, brothers and sisters, something that we can look forward to. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because of the previous things have passed 
away. If you are in Christ Jesus, this is what you are, you and me are looking forward to. The final city of God, the final Jerusalem, in the very presence of God. Let's pray. Almighty God, you indeed, you indeed are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, we are so thankful for your church. Lord, we're so thankful for the gift that you've given us in being a family, the family of God, the church, as gathering us together today and as developing us as a community of believers that care and love one another. Almighty God, we ask you, Lord, that you would help us to express our affection to the city of God, to the church, by rejoicing over it, by giving thanks for it, and by praying for it always and forever. Amen.